so when we find a healthy team with a good organization, um, a lot of times we want to build around that and we want to build momentum around that. And so um, the way that it's generally introduced is not, hey, we're, we're going to start partnering with this organization moving forward, but um, we found a team that's in an agency that we trust, and so we're going to start focusing and really trying to generate momentum towards that team in that area of the world. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Marty Scott. Marty is the Global Outreach and Fellows Program Pastor at Grace Bible Church in College Station, Texas. Grace Bible has gone through an important process in their missions and outreach efforts over the past few years. And as they've done that, they've learned some important lessons about the importance of good partnerships. So I asked Marty to explain why he believes that building long-term lasting partnerships is so critical. And that is a, that's a great question. And part of it is based off of church needs. So I think one church needs and, and one is agency organization needs from a church side. And every church is going to be a little bit different, but um, you know, for our church, we're in college station, Texas. And uh, I don't know if you know much about College Station, Texas, but it's home of Texas A&M. And, uh, and so we have a, a very unique uh, culture here at Texas A&M. And I mean, this is a place where you have a Tuesday night Bible, Bible study on campus with 5,000 5, students at our basketball arena. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's our Bible study, you know. Uh, as a church, we have five to 6,000 people attending it. Um, half of that is students. So, you know, we like to say, you know, right now in October, uh, it is five to 6,000 half beam students. Uh, you come back in June, very different. We're, we're, uh, our Christmas and Easter services are some of our smallest services as a church because the students evacuate the city during those holidays. And so, uh, I say all that, you know, if you think we're five to 6,000, person church. We have four campuses, but half of our people are students. We don't have a lot of money. Um, students don't give financially. Uh, and so our budget for a church this size is actually pretty small. Um, but what students do give is time. And so our students are serving in all kinds of different capacities at our church. Um, and, and more than anything, our students are hungry to be mobilized. Um, we have in a given year, we'll, uh, well, in a given year, pre-COVID, we'll go back to COVID, uh, you know, and someday that'll be our BC, AD, and then pre-COVID, after COVID. Um, before COVID, we were sending um, 20 to 30 short-term trips. We were mobilizing. Uh, we have a, a nine-month training uh, that we do as a church to prepare people to move overseas, and we would have a dozen to 20 people in that training Um sending stint teams with different organizations, all kinds of things like that. And uh, so we have students that are wanting to be mobilized, but we lack the infrastructure to be able to do that. And so as a church, we believe God has 
put a, uh, a incredibly valuable resource, students hungry to be mobilized um, in front of us. And so we've had to kind of figure out, okay, how do we uh, steward that resource well while we lack the financial resources to build out a, you know, huge infrastructure as a church. And so for us, that's become partnering wealth. Um, for us to steward our resource that is people, um, we have to have people that have the other resources, infrastructure and money to be able to, to do what we want to do. And then as, as we've connected with agencies and, and a lot of these groups that we've partnered with, um, they recognize, okay, if we really want to accomplish what we want to accomplish, we have to do it. We have to be able to partner well with the church. And so, uh, yeah, a large part of it is just we feel like we have a responsibility and part of that responsibility being the Great Commission. But specifically as a church, we're rich in uh, resources that are students. And how do we how do we effectively mobilize them with a, a staff of two and a half people? That's interesting. So you've got these partnerships are in place in order to mobilize these this massive you know army of students that are ready to go and 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 take the uh, the love of Christ to wherever you know God's able to send them with that. What are some of the types of organizations that you have partnered with through that and the results that you've seen as as a result of of those partnerships? Yeah, uh, you know we we partner with a number of just like the the classic agencies. So. Um, Pioneers, Frontiers, Crew, Christar, um, World Venture. We've, we've built good relationships with them. We've been partnering with Crew for 25 years. Um, so, so with groups like that, but then we've also started working with, uh, Reliant, which is kind of a finance, um, they, they call it like deacon ministry. So they help us with support raising, team building, the application systems, those sort of, so those sort of things. Um, we partner with a group called Launch Global that does all of our, um, what we call mobilization here. So, um, that nine month training group, our Launch Global people that we partner with, um, oversee training and, um, preparation for going to the field. They do a lot of follow up for our short term trips. So a student comes back from a six week trip and, and our, um, our launch global staff will be the ones that, that follow up with all of those students and just gauge how interested are you in something long term. Um, and if you're not interested in long term, let's help you funnel, funnel you into some other way for you to continue to be engaged in uh, what God's doing around the world. That's awesome. So uh, because partnership is such a critical element within what you guys are doing, missions related, it's so important for you guys to have uh, relationships with organizations that you trust and that are doing good work. And so what are some things that you look for when you're considering working with a potential missions partner? You, you know, you, you said it already in the question, but trust is one of the, the biggest things. I mean, as, as we partner well with people, uh, there has to be a high level of trust. And, and part of that is it comes over time. Um, it comes over time and, and, it's similar. I always, you know, it's an easy one, but I always use the illustration of marriage. You know, it, it takes a lot of work. Um, it takes work and it takes conflict. Um, with each of these agencies or each of these groups, um, the ones that we have these deep relationships with, we've 
we've had moments of frustration. We've had moments of unmet expectations, um, just like in marriage. Uh, and it's taken sitting down and hashing out those differences, working through our expectations and, and what went wrong and really um, building trust. And, and what I've seen, you know, we, I, I've, because we focus so much on partnership and we built, built such good relationships with our partners, uh, oftentimes I'm connected with other churches that these groups are wanting to partner with. And, uh, and I see it often where a church and an organization are trying to partner. They have uh, a season of unmet expectation, a season of frustration, a season of conflict, and they cut ties and move on. And, uh, and instead of kind of digging in and saying, let's, let's work through this and build a higher level of trust because we're working through it. Um, they just part ways and, uh, and try to, you know, reinvent the wheel another way. And so, so building trust and being willing to, to kind of work through and dig in on conflict and unmet expectations is a big part of it. Shared vision is, uh, is key. So, uh, if you're at a church that does not care about missions, it's going to be hard to connect with a missions agency. Um, that's an easy one. But then depending on who you're wanting to work with, there are some agencies that are going to do a lot of care for your missionaries and there's some that are not. And so depending on where you as a church land on how much care you want to give to your missionaries is going to be a part of, do we want to partner with you or not? Um, you know, like I said, we've partnered with crew for, 25 years. Um, part of what's made, what has made that so, uh, such a valuable partnership is we have a shared vision for students. Um, we're a church with, you know, thousands of students and they're an organization that is built around mobilizing students. And so it was a very easy, um, very easy relationship to build, uh, early on from a shared vision of, of believing that, um, if we want to change the world, students are, Maybe the, the key to doing that. So shared vision is, is a really big one. And I found that shared vision is important for, uh, starting the partnership, but then kind of continuing to clarify that, that vision and that partnership as you go and reminding each other we're, we're, we're running after the same things. And so maybe some of the, um, details aren't as important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a unique, church um makeup with you know these with such a massive amount of of university students there and so you've got not just the timing of things are important you know you've got those eight nine months a year where everybody's there and then those two or three months where nobody's there um or half of them are gone um Um, but then at the same time you've also got sort of just a, a different mindset and approach how do you guys introduce you know you've gone through the process of 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 selecting a new missions partner partner that you feel like fits a, the vision of the church that you guys are beginning to establish a strong relationship, a strong trust base with. And now it's time to roll that out, to introduce that to your church. Um, and you've got sort of these two major groups that you've got to introduce them to. You've got your core group at the church, and then you've also got your students that are that are, are a little bit more transient, a little bit more in and out. How do you introduce a new missions partner to your church? Uh I don't know that we actually officially generally introduce a new missions partner to our church. So it's a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, as we begin to, 
we do a lot with teams. So we're sending teams around the world or finding healthy teams that we want to connect with as we're going around the world. And so when we find a healthy team with a good organization, um, a lot of times we want to build around that and we want to build momentum around that. And so um, the way that it's generally introduced is not, hey, we're, we're going to start partnering with this organization moving forward, but um, we found a team that's in an agency that we trust. And so we're going to start focusing on really trying to generate momentum towards that team in that area of the world. So we're four campuses uh, here in College Station, and each of our campuses has a different focus area around the world. So as a, as a team comes on board in Southeast Asia that we want to really start partnering with, we'll start talking about that and trying to send short-term trips or generate interest, vision trips, that sort of thing. Um, from within that campus that we've kind of uh, built that focus area around. Um, the, the interesting thing too is, is with good partnership, a lot of times our partners don't care to be, to be the front and center like that. So, um, our students, all of our, all of our student trips, all college students, I should say, uh, are crew trips. Um, it, it's part of it is because they know how to focus on college students and part of it is scalability. Um, we, we're going to send five trips this summer, um, through them. If I called them tomorrow and said, can we add another trip? It would be pretty, a pretty simple process since we already have five going. Our students generally have no idea that they're going with crew, um, until all of a sudden the checks start coming in. The checks are made out to crew when they're raising their support, but, um, they think they're going on a trip with Grace Bible Church. Um, they're telling their parents, we're going on a trip with Grace Bible Church. Uh, and then once the support raising process comes, starts happening, they're like, oh, it's crew. And we, we'll talk about that some, about why we use crew and, and those sort of things. But um, for the most part, our partners, it, it's a shared enough partnership that um, that they're, they're not looking to advertise it as, as a crew trip right. or a pioneers partnership or anything like that. That's interesting. So you mentioned you've got four campuses and each campus has a different focus when it comes to the area of the world that they're, you know, uh, 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 you know, focusing on. So uh, why, why did you guys come up with that idea of, of kind of share splitting up that not splitting, but actually, you know, multiplying yeah. the focus uh, of it. Um, how did you guys come up with that d- idea and what have been some of the cool things that you've seen as a result of, of doing it that way? Sure. Boy, that's, uh, that's a story in itself. I mean, but I think it's probably a story that a lot of churches, maybe the beginning parts of it faced was, um, COVID. So, uh, March 2020, we had two teams overseas in spring break. We had to evacuate them, get them back for border shut. And, uh, once the dust settled from that, we, um, my team started just figuring out, okay, what do we do now? And, uh, we had, at that point canceled all of our summer trips um, that we had had lined up. And there's a sense of like, okay, this was pretty much what we were going to be doing for the next five months. And we had to ask ourselves, okay, if we're not doing short-term trips, how are we engaging our congregation in the great commission? Uh, and, and part of that was we began to realize uh, missions at Grace Bible church had become a summer event. It had become about short-term short-term trips. And so we began to just dream up, okay, how do we, how do we continue to build out a heart for the nations in our church when we can't do short-term trips? And God, uh, really put on my heart 
Philippians 1.5 and this idea um, that Paul and the Philippian church have partnered in the gospel from the beginning up until that point. And, and there's this robust partnership between Paul and Philippi where um, they aren't just financially supporting Paul. They are financially supporting him, but they're also praying for him. They know that he's in prison and they're celebrating the victories that he's experiencing there. They're mourning the the losses that he's experiencing there. He's able to know what they're doing engaged in, encourage them in their walk and in their ministry. So there's this mutual back and forth of partnership. We as a church have um, between 60 and 70 people that we, units, we call them, uh, overseas that we support. And there's this kind of sense of how do we build that robust of a partnership with that many people across four campuses? And um, the world's a big place and, and it's hard to get, you know, all 60 of those people in front of all four of our campuses. And so that was the beginning of thinking, through, okay, if we divide the world up, um, we can, we can focus, help our campuses to focus more on specific people, um, and specific partnerships that we're building and not just missions as a broad idea. Um, and, and in doing that, it also, our hope was that it would raise the missions IQ of each of our campuses. So instead of just saying missions is important, now we can say, let's talk about what sharing your faith looks like in Muslim North Africa. Um, what are they dealing with? What are they walking through? And we could also build pathways that direct people towards that. So um, now it allowed our training, our short-term trips, even um, just dinners and meals and things like that to all be focused on those that worldview and, and culture and, and that sort of thing, if that makes sense. So um, it, it's allowed us to really focus our people. So I was saying this weekend, we have our, our big missions weekend in each campus. Um, we're going to be bringing in people from around the world. We're going to have people that are here on furlough and they have, they know what campus they go to, um, because of where they serve around the world. And so now it allows our, you know, one of our campuses that's focused on North Africa to hear all about what God is doing in North Africa. Um, to hear, you know, they've been hearing from the same missionaries for the last three years as they've sent in reports, as they've prayed for them um, about what ministry looks like in North Africa. Um, and so they have this on their mind um, and on their heart as, as they go about their, their days and weeks. And so yeah, it's just built, I think, more robust partnership between um, our people and the people that we're sending. Consistency is one of the most important elements in communication, and Grace Bible Church has learned that going deep in partnership with a few organizations has allowed the people in their different campuses to become more engaged in their missions and outreach work. We'll get back to our conversation with Marty after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. 
We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. Marty has seen God do a lot of amazing things in the lives of both college students and full-time members at Grace Bible Church. I asked him to share some God moments that he's witnessed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's little victories oftentimes because um, it was a big change. And part of the change wasn't just um, this is what we're doing, but part of the hard part of the change was this is what we're not doing. And I think when you say this is what you're not doing, people make it a value statement. Oh, you don't value that type of missions or that type of ministry anymore. Um, and it's simply to say we can't do everything. Uh, we as a church with limited resources cannot do everything. And so we have to focus in on what are we doing? Where are we going? And those sort of, those sort of things. And so when we had to start saying that it naturally meant, um, ending some partnerships that we've had for a number of years. And so that was, that was a lot of hard conversations, um, that went around that. And so I, I remember one day I, I was probably feeling a little bit discouraged of just like, okay, how do I continue to build momentum towards what we're trying to build and what we're trying to do? And I was actually at basketball practice for one of my sons and, uh, one of the moms for one of the boys on the team. I knew she went to one of our campuses. And so we were sitting there talking and she was just like, yeah, I've gone on the Honduras trip twice. I was really sad. We aren't doing that anymore. And I was like, Oh no, she knows that I was the one that killed this trip. And I was like, are you, are you like, are you, you know, like upset with me? And she was like, well, no, I totally get it. We're focusing on North Africa now because that's where our people are. And, and so I want to figure out how can I further engage in what we're doing there? And it was just this moment of like, okay, you get this vision. Like you get, what's going on um, and what we're trying to to drive towards. And so it was a really little moment, but it was just helpful because you could see like, it wasn't just frustration over decisions that were made, but it was like, she understood what we're trying to do. And we're trying to build these pathways towards supporting and partnering with, um, with our people around the world. And then, I mean, we've had our people overseas, they, they have crises. And, and so being able to see campuses come around, um, specific missionaries that are in the field when they're, when they're dealing with crisis. Um, and, and there's a lot more of a, okay, as a campus, how do we come around this person? How do we come around their son who's struggling? Um, or, 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 you know, yeah, struggling. Um, how do we, when, you know, the huge explosion happened in the Middle East a few years ago. I'm just in Beirut, you know, like how do we, um, how do we come around people that, that we might have over there and, and, and encourage them during this time? So, so different things like that, that I think when our campuses really begin to initiate, Hey, Marty, this just happened. What can we do? Um, 
it shows like, okay, they get that, that when we're talking partnership, when they see that in the news, they want to start thinking through, okay, how do we be a part of that? We, uh, Eastern Europe and Central Asia is one of our focus areas for one of our campuses. And so naturally when, uh, the Ukraine war happened, started, um, we have a number of missionaries that are involved in that part of the world that were affected by it. And, um, they said, okay, can we raise money? And if we raise money, how can we be a blessing to these, these ministries and these missionaries over there? And so in like two weeks, we were able to raise $30,000, um, which, which is a huge amount for us. Um, and, and so then when, yeah, when our missionaries are, are emailing me saying, Hey, um, we'd love it. You know, like if you could pray that God would you know, provide $5,000 for first aid backpacks, we can say, as a matter of fact, how many do you want? He already like, has, right? <laughs> yeah, he has. And so we'll send you the, we'll send you the backpacks. Um, but, but again, a large part of that came out of one campus saying, uh, man, this is our area. We need to care about this. What can we do? That's amazing. Yeah, it, I was, it. it was exciting times and hard time, obviously. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So what advice would you give then to a missions pastor who, uh, you know, maybe they want to move away from the sort of the 20th century model of I've got, you know, 70, 80, 100 uh, missionaries um, that we write a check to every single month. And I don't I remember all their names, but they get a check um, to much more of a missions partnership model like you guys are working on um, transitioning to. You've been transitioning to. What advice would you give that missions pastor? Uh, well, you know, part of it is it, you can't do everything and, and it's putting too much pressure on us to do everything. Um, the church um, I think part of it is there's the body of Christ and God has gifted certain people with certain gifts. And I think he's also done that with, you know, there are just agencies out there that are better at certain things than, than we are, than I am. Uh, I don't have the capacity to think strategy in the Middle East, to think strategy in Southeast Asia, um, to think through how am I going to evacuate this team when a coup happens sort of stuff. Um, that these agencies do. And so being able to trust those agencies to do what they're good at. And then those agencies trust, um, trust us to do what, what we're good at, which is, um, pastoring and discipling and, and raising up people with a heart for the nations. So, so I think learning, um, from other, from the agencies, what are you good at? How can we come alongside of each other and, um, and, and pursue unity in, in a, being a part of the Great Commission, uh, understanding clear communication of what each group expects. So this is this is something I think missions agencies, especially, are really starting to jump jump into a lot more. Is recognizing okay, church partnerships are a big deal, and so even over the last five years, I've seen a number of agencies begin to build out more infrastructure on how to come alongside of churches to do this well. I think historically missionaries were viewed as free agents. A church raised this person up. They said, I want to go overseas. And then they begin to go and, and talk to each agency, figure out which agency they want to be a part of. And then they, they go. And, and like you said, we're going to support you. But what agencies are now trying to do is say, um, okay, how do we work together to more healthily, um, holistically send this person overseas and help them to thrive long term? I think that is probably one of the bigger areas of impact that we've seen when we're partnering well with agencies is it's just a, a, a healthier uh, 
context for sending. Um, and so your, your people, because they're able to remain connected with their home church, with their community, um, they know that they're going to get a Christmas gift. They're going to get calls. They're going to be able to continue to be engaged with their home church. Um, when our, when our missionaries come home, we have a house that they can stay at and they have a community group that they're connected to. And so those community groups will, you know, babysit for them or, um, get food baths. You know, there's, there's just a lot more holistic care than what an agency can do. An agency is not going to show up in their hometown and, and do all of that for them typically. Um, but we can be a part of that. And so yeah, uh, what we're seeing is agencies are really, working with churches more um, to do this whole process well and, and keep missionaries overseas longer. Marty shared some great truths over the past half hour. Here are three key takeaways from our conversation. First, you can't build good partnerships without trust from both sides. So learn as much as you can about your potential partner's heart for ministries. And then second, shared vision is critical, but that's more than just high level ideas. You have to be going after the same things for the partnership to work. And then finally, establishing clear communication and setting expectations and following through on those. Churches and missions partners need to have a clear pathway for communicating so that that partnership can thrive long term. I want to thank Marty for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Grace Bible Church, go to grace-bible.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership. Thank you.